What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples, and the occasional F-bomb. Because let's be honest, Marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem. Grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. What's up, everybody? We're back with another great guest episode. I am welcoming Amy Jackson from The Perch to the podcast for the very first time. It is hard to believe that this is the first time ever that she is gracing us with her presence on this podcast, but this is a powerhouse of an episode because she comes ready to share so much information about her business. And I think you all are really going to enjoy getting to hear how she has navigated the ups and downs of running her business over the past almost six years. Amy Jackson is the founder and director of The Perch, located in Aurora, Illinois. She is the author of 31 Days of Self-Kindness and Unhurried, a 52-week meditative Bible reading guide. She is an RYT 200 yoga teacher and a certified wellness and social emotional learning facilitator. Okay, just that alone you're going to get value out of this podcast, I promise. Um, You can learn more about Amy at The Perch at at The Perch Place on Instagram at www.theperchplace.com. You can email her info at theperchplace.com and you can check out all of her um, signups and offerings at theperchplace.com slash Well, I'll put that link in the show notes. It's too long to go over here, but you can check out our website if you want to see all of the events that are coming up. And then I have a direct link for you um, to join that she talks about in the podcast in the podcast episode itself. So on today's episode, what you can expect to learn or to gain from this is one, Amy's approach to business. She is unique, um, that she is a creative, but she's also highly analytical. And that is such a benefit to her business growth and her marketing efforts as a business owner, because she keeps the most I want to say the most, but I feel like there are a couple of people I know that also keep very detailed numbers, but the most detailed numbers in her business, one of the most, let's say. Um, So she tracks everything and not only does she track everything in her business, all of the numbers, but she also forecasts and she projects. And this is not something that I often do with my clients, um, but I do love the way she does that because she's able then to forecast her income in a very realistic way that allows her to plan financially. And then what that does is say, oh, okay, so we're going to be down Like I'm planning for numbers to be down because it's the middle of summertime. What can we do instead? What can we focus on in this timeframe instead? Um, And then probably the most important thing I think we're going to talk about um, and the reason I really wanted to have her on this podcast was to share with you how we got to this approach in her business where we look at the data on a uh, with thirds on a, a trimester, I guess. 
basis. So instead of um, analyzing data quarterly and projecting quarterly, she now looks at her business at the end of every four months instead of every three months. So we've divided the year into thirds and we analyze, plan, and project accordingly. And that has been such a huge mindset shift in her business, but income shift as well. Um, Because when she started doing that, all of a sudden things just started clicking into place. Like her business just started making sense. And so you hear me talk about on this podcast a lot about um, getting to know and understanding the natural rhythms of your own business. And this is exactly what she does. And she walks us through that entire process and we share how we got to that point and then what it's done for her business and her mindset as a business owner since making that shift. Um, And so I think this is a very practical episode. She's walking you through how she runs her business, how she tracks her data, the strategy she implements, and why she does those things and how it's impacted the business overall. So grab your notebook for this one. You're going to have some takeaways. Um, We can't wait to see what those are. So if you're listening, make sure you tag us on social media and share your, your biggest takeaways or your biggest aha moments. And as always, please leave a review because that helps other people like you find our podcast and join our community. So without further ado, here's Amy. All right. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Today, I have another great guest for you. Amy and I were neighbors, we're friends. We have worked together now for the past few years, right? I can't. Yeah. I think it's a few. Um, Yeah. yeah. And we both, both of our businesses have birthdays in October. So um, we've both been in business about the same exact amount of time. So it's coming up on six years. So welcome to the podcast, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such a joy to be here. I'm so excited. So just to start it off, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about your journey in business? Yeah. So uh, my name is Amy Jackson and I am the director of The Perch, which is a self-care retreat center. So focused on yoga and art and mindfulness and spirituality. And I started just about six years ago, which is hard to believe, (laughs) Um, but really came out of my own need for tools and resources around burnout and how to care for myself in the midst of chaotic life. So yeah. Yes. Um, and you, she and I, like I said, we live, we're neighbors, but um, we're local to Aurora together. And so I brought Amy on the podcast today to talk about a few different things, but I think we'll start with the most transformative, which is it's like blown everyone's mind that blew our minds um, yeah. just talking about it. And so this is our approach, your approach really to like running your business in thirds, like looking at your business um, annual annually in terms of thirds or trimesters instead of quarters, which is the traditional way to look at right. business every three months to evaluate your numbers and create a plan. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got to that place? Yeah. So um, I'll how we got there. (laughs) It's kind of a story because so I've been in business for almost six years here, but the first year I had a totally different business plan. I was working way less hours. That all changed. The second year I was off on maternity leave. The third year was the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, you know, I'm, I'm a person that really likes to look at numbers and I like to see trends. And when you don't have a there was no trends to be seen, it felt like, because things were so different every year I was in business. And so when we started looking, working together and really looking at the numbers, it was really hard to 
like, how do you plan for a business that feels completely unpredictable? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember us talking last summer, actually, I think it was maybe June or early July and realizing like, oh, I had all these things planned for July and uh, no one's coming to anything. Yeah, And so yeah. <laughs> that panic sets in. Um, and so I think what what happened was he started realizing the the natural rhythm of my business is these thirds that the first third of the year so january through april people are motivated they're thinking about personal wellness they're thinking about mental wellness they're signing up for all of my retreats they're coming to all the workshops and then summer hits or toward the end of school year hits and people are like i'm busy peace out i'm gonna go do other things um and then after school gets started again. So in September through the end of the year, things ramp up again. And then my retail business really starts taking over because of the Christmas season. And so when I started realizing that one, um, it was like, oh, I really should have took those extra jobs in January. (laughs) (laughs) That's looking a lot like, oh, I should have done that. Um, But so that we discovered that last summer. And so this year when we were planning, I actually planned to the trimesters, which has been like completely life-changing as you were saying. Like, because I knew in the first trimester when everyone's, you know, hot to do all the things, take the jobs, do the things, plan the extra events because people are coming, people are ready to do that. And then in the summer, I actually took like the entire month of July off basically because I know because it was like, yeah, this is naturally when people take a break. Like I'll take a break too. And I can take a creative break and do stuff with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now as we're heading into the fall and into that third trimester, I'm ramping things back up, getting my retail strategy going. And so it has... I think the biggest thing is that has completely taken the pressure off of the summer where before I felt I was treating the summer like any other quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not. (laughs) It's not. not. So that completely took the pressure off. So like what's great is like I projected, you know, a low number for June and I got that number and I felt great about it because I was like, yeah, that's what June does. I don't Mm -hmm. have to like feel like I have to hustle or do more or figure it out because the money came in in the first third. I'm good. Like that's when my money comes in. That's amazing. And I want to point out that something that you do so well in your business, and maybe you can share with us a little bit more about your process is your your data tracking and then your forecasting. And on you're so spot on, but so much of the time, um, you're you're accurate or you're above your projections. And I think um what I noticed in you with the shift of the trimesters is being okay with the slow June, right? The acceptance of like, okay, I don't have to try to scramble to make sales because I did that in the previous trimester. Like we're okay here. And I think so much of business, it the stress gets in our oh way. And then the overwhelm and then the panic sets in. And you're like, oh my God, I have bills to pay or I have employees or um, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And so then that can cloud our judgment. And then that makes our marketing. It changes the energy behind everything we do in business. Now it's graspy and it's desperate and for good reason, right? But when you can take a minute and step back like you did and evaluate and say, okay, this is what works best for my business, even though we aren't seeing this being done anywhere else. Like there was no reference for this, right? Right, This is just something, it came out of you and your diligence and tracking your numbers and then being willing to step back and observe like objectively what works best for my business in this case. So can you let us in on your numbers process and what that looks like? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, 
now that I know this pattern, like it seems so obvious, but like it really was an epiphany moment. Yeah, <laughs> we were, like, looking like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wait a second. Because I really, um, I don't know, quarters is how everybody does everything, right? And so I was not realizing um, until I really sat down with the numbers. So I keep track of things monthly, um, you know, income, revenue and expenses. Mm-hmm. And as I was looking like, that those first four months are actually really similar. And then the next four months are really similar, but I wasn't looking at them like that. I was looking at three and three and three. And so everything felt very, um, I don't know, weird, disjointed, and and disjointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I started like liking or, like, or grouping like things, then it was like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always been a, um, like, I'm not like an Excel girl where I know all the shortcuts and everything, but I really like tracking numbers. I like knowing where I'm at. Um, my, I keep my things up to date every week I put in all my numbers. So it's like, I know where I'm at on a weekly basis. And that just helps for me. It's been motivating to feel like, oh, this did come in that I was expecting or this didn't. So now I need to pivot and figure out something else or, I don't know, rather than um, I in the corporate world, I used to work with someone who was in charge of our numbers and uh, he would like not check them for like two, three months, you know, because whatever. And so then you'd be suddenly in this like panic mode of Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, wait, we have to make up ground or we have to, you know, I don't know. Um, Or in the case, like we had a couple of times where we were so far ahead and it was like, if I had known that we could have focused on this other thing. So um, in my own business, it's been really important to like even just spend, you know, a half hour at the beginning of the week, kind of check in with numbers, see where things are at. Um, And that just has been really helpful to me. Yeah. And what would you say, because I agree with you that numbers are, they're insightful. You can learn so much about your business. I also think they're really empowering. Like when you feel like you have a handle on the numbers or the understanding of the numbers, you can speak about your business in a different way. Um, More of a, like a CEO mindset. Um, Yeah. Right. Like it gives you the confidence, even if the numbers aren't where you want them to be. It's just the understanding of your business in that way. And then when you can make decisions, 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 (laughs) decisions from that place, um, then they're educated decisions. You're no longer like blindly experimenting. Now they're, you know, um, intentional experiments. And we're like, okay, we're going to try this with this intention and see where it goes. But what yes. do you have to say for people who are afraid to look at the numbers, maybe, or they make the numbers mean something about themselves, um, even like when they're not hitting their results? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So one, this is a great question because one thing that I realized I had to start doing was I could spend all day looking at numbers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and getting into my head because I do like to experiment. And so I would offer a new workshop or something and it wouldn't work. And then you'd be looking at the numbers and then I start getting into my my head about, oh my gosh, well, now I have to figure out what to do. And this probably reflects like, I don't know my audience. I don't know what they need. Actually, it's because I'm not helping them. Mm-hmm. And you just start spiraling out mm-hmm. of control because you start hyper-focusing on the numbers. And so for me, it's been really helpful to, like I said, like I, I, have like a half hour every Monday that I do. I sit and I check and I check where things are at and then I set it aside. Yeah. (laughs) Because to focus too much for me gets me hyper-focused and and going down the wrong way, um, spiraling out of control. And it's, I think, you know, I'm a one-woman show and I know a lot of us are in the entrepreneur world and it is, 
really easy to get in your head about what the numbers mean, what they don't mean. I mean, a great example of this is last year I had like a big five-year anniversary walk and I was super excited about it. We did a ton of promo for it. I had a lot of feedback. People were super excited about it, but I did not realize that I had planned it for a day when all of the sports leagues in the area were starting. Mm -hmm. Um, There was like another big local community thing going on that day. It was, it was bonkers. So all that to say, I had way, way less people show up to the event than expected. And I could have sat there and looked at the numbers and spiraled out of control about this is terrible. No one's coming. This is, this says something about me and my business. Um, And instead I chose to like, say, you know what? I am seeing the numbers as a whole and the trend are really good. This particular one, maybe it didn't work out. Maybe it was the date. Maybe it was the season. Uh, Maybe it was the thing I was competing against that day and not make it all about me, which has been really helpful. Yeah, I think it's so important to to be able to put that distance between yourself and the numbers because the numbers are objective, right? It's not personal. Like people didn't not come to your event because they don't like you or they don't like what right. you offer. Right. And I think we have a tendency to interpret things that way just naturally. Um, and because we're putting so much of ourselves into our business and most of us are the face of our business. Right. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I swallowed something the wrong way. But, um, and so I think just developing that habit and you have been in business now for almost six years and it is a habit I find to be able to like control your mind in that way and not go down that rabbit hole or go down that shame spiral. So over the past five years, and I've watched you do this in such an incredible way. And I know it's part of your business as well. How have you navigated like when you are spiraling or when you're in a low point or when Mm -hmm. something doesn't go your way? Like, how do you personally navigate that as a, a CEO and a mom and all of the things? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think on top of that, I always, because my business is self-care, it is helping people have a more positive mindset and mm-hmm. move through life in, you know, healthier ways. And so I also feel like I always have this extra pressure to like do the thing I tell all the people to do, yeah. <laughs> Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> which can be good, but also backfire. Um, so for me, a big part of my journey has been like, I need to give myself space to feel whatever I'm feeling and let it be. Let myself have a pity party if I need to for a minute. Let myself feel like, oh my gosh, this is all me. And then bring it back to, okay, but the truth is, the truth is I can look at my surveys and know people love this. I can Mm -hmm. look at my surveys and know it's going to be okay. I can look at my numbers and go, yeah, this is every July. Um, And bring it back to something objective and then move forward and say, what can I do tomorrow? What can I learn from this? How can I be curious about it and look at it? Like, I love how you said that the numbers are objective. They're not like saying something personally about me. And so how can I get a little more curious, objective look at the situation or what I'm dealing with? And then what's one step I can do to move forward um, and learn from it. And so, you know, sometimes it's really minor. It's like, oh, Wednesdays don't work for people. Sometimes it's like, okay, I need to like, you know, set a better boundary for myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're bigger things, but um, I think just letting myself feel the feels and then go from there, combat it with what I know is truth yeah. um, and go from there has been really good. Yeah. And when, um, and I see, like, I understand the pressure you had mentioned, putting the pressure on your bit, like yourself to per 
to perform, but also just to do what you're practice, what you're preaching. Yeah. Um, so how do you navigate that? Because I, I feel that too, right? I'm a marketer. And so there's almost a always like lead by example. And it's helpful too, to have the experience to lean on and to totally. say, when I did this, this is what I did. Um, so how do you navigate the pressure? Is it similar or is there a different process? And I guess we could expand this too, to include the pressure of wearing so many hats. Like you have your business role, you have the self-care, like, am I taking the best care of myself? Like I'm telling mm -hmm. my clients too. And then you also have your mom role and navigating and, you know, wife and all of the other community partner, like right, all of these right. things. Right. So oh, I'm how, exhausted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And I know your kids just went back to school, right? This week. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. one is back and the other one starts okay. next week. So I'm, yeah. Woo. You're almost there. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Um, but yeah, how do you navigate all of these different roles and hats and the pressure that they bring? Yeah. So I had this realization a few years ago that has been so helpful to me. And that is I when I started my business, even I really felt like I needed to be an expert or even mm -hmm. like I need to be 10 steps ahead. And so only if I'm an expert or 10 steps ahead, can I really do my job well. Right. And lead others. And what I've realized along the way is people aren't really looking for an expert. They aren't looking for a 10 steps ahead. There are numerous books. There's places to go for that. What they're looking for is someone who's on the journey with them mm. and maybe a half step ahead mm -hmm. that can say, hey, I've seen that terrain. Here's how you handle it. Um, or can we work through it together? And that's really let me off the hook to not have to feel like I have to have it all together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's been really, really powerful just to see myself as a fellow journeyer. And then that goes into all these other roles because there are some roles I've taken on and then you realize that doesn't work and <laughs> I need to give that to someone else or I need to step down from that committee. Um, or, um, you know, there's, I took me a long time to figure out the balance with home and, and work. And how does that look with young kids, very young kids? Um, and when you look at it as just being on the journey, you allow yourself to learn along the way and keep adjusting and keep pivoting and keep making it work for you versus feeling like you have to go in with all the plans and know exactly how it's going to work. Yeah. Um, that's my personality. I, I feel like I should have it all planned out and ready. And then I get into it and it feels like a failure if you have to pivot. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, I'm learning the pivots are where all the, all the good comes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. That perseverance and being willing to let go of what you thought was going to happen and, and pivot anyway. And I think that, that you're exactly right. That is where all the good stuff comes. But this idea that you're on the journey with them, like, I love that because that's the human side of things. And then when it comes mm -hmm. to marketing the business, that makes the connection points so much more authentic and so much easier because you're just talking about your day-to-day -day life and how yeah. you're implementing <laughs> what you're talking about in your day-to-day. -day. And I think those have been some of your most powerful teaching moments when you're showing us like I'm doing yoga in this living room and the kids are crawling all over me and the toys are everywhere. And I'm still doing it. Right. And yes. I think, and it's so relatable because there are some days like I go down in the basement to work out and rebel wants to work out or the I'm working out outside and the dog is there and the neighbors are there. And, you know, and it's like, well, this is the moment I had to work out. So we're going to do it anyway. And so, yeah, I just think, um, when it comes to marketing, people ask me a lot, like how they can be more genuine in their marketing or, um, how they can better connect with their audience or deepen that connection. And it's exactly what you're doing, which is showing 
by pulling back the curtain a little bit, acknowledging that you're also on the journey and that you are a human and you navigate motherhood and all of these other roles just like they do. And I think that's been really powerful. So when it comes to taking that a step further, how does that impact your audience? I know some of them have shared with you um, the impact that you've had and the work that you do has had. Are you able to share some of that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and I was thinking about, um, you know, when we first started working together, I really Mm -hmm. was struggling with how do I communicate uh, what I do here, right? Like people always say like, oh, I walk in and I feel so welcomed and at peace. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you communicate that to social media and get that out there? Especially when I'm trying to like, I'm not going to like take a bunch of pictures during yoga class or something. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to protect the sacred space we're creating. And also how do you share that? And I remember us having a conversation. I don't know if you remember this, but you were saying, just share what you're doing that day. Just like talk to them like you're <laughs> like having coffee on a story. And I was like, okay. And it was during that first story that I did that I said, um, hey, friend, because that's what I always say to people when they're here. Hey, friend, I'm sitting on the porch because my kids are driving me crazy. And so I'm taking a break out here. <laughs> yep. And yep. I got so much response because people were like, oh, Yes, that's what I'm doing too. I'm trying to <laughs> escape from my kids for a moment so I can breathe. Um, and so anyway, all that to say that really, I think just like you said, pulling back that curtain has been totally a big shift for me. And just that's that's what is so relatable about business that people see you as a human, as a fellow human. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I... I don't think I'm alone in this. I know I know a lot of small gr- or small business people that I talk to feel the same way that you get sometimes you get this feedback and it feels like really like, yeah. <laughs> like overwhelming. <laughs> and uh-huh. so I was just thinking, you know, last week for instance, uh one of my regular yoga attenders, um she's been coming for a couple of years now and she came to an event last week and we got talking afterward and she actually started tearing up because she talked about how she um, is a grandma. She's a wife. She works full time. Um, she does all of these things, has all these different hats. And she felt like she never could do anything just for her. Mm-hmm. Never had a space where she could just be herself and have a safe space. And somehow found out about my yoga class and came for the first class. She, by the way, was the only one who showed up to that particular class. And so I, as like a teacher, was like panicking. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. A new person. She's going to hate this. Oh my gosh, this is so awkward. And she literally left being like, I can do this. I just have to keep showing up here. This is the safe space for me. Um, And since then has done all these amazing things in her life because she just took that first step where she felt like, okay, now I I have a safe place for me to be me. Um, And she just started tearing up telling me about this. And it was honestly, and I've seen her transformation. She's been here for two years, but to hear her say that and to see the connection um, of just providing a safe space for her to show up and be herself, it was um, overwhelming, but in in the best, most wonderful way, right? Like it's why we do what we do. It's why I show up every day. Exactly. It's those moments that remind you like, and it only takes one, right? Like if it only was one per, I mean, it was only one person in that yoga class and she had the ability to say like, this is why I still come. You could have canceled the class for one person, but you still do it. And I think that's such a great reminder for people who are listening. Like 
even if no one comes, I've had workshops, live workshops where no one's attended before. And I've still recorded because I told everyone who signed up that it was going to send a replay. So I recorded the replay anyway. And then it's yep. just like a practice session and you send it out. And I think just the it's a mindset of like regardless of one person because you can have an impact on one person and maybe five others showed up or 10 that day but you still had that the biggest impact with her you know and that's what matters is the impact that you're making and focusing on that and i think when you it's easy for us to get caught up in for all the reasons we've listed in it's not working or the compare and despair or you know, maybe I should do something else. Um, but then when you have that reminder and you're able to shift the focus off of how you're feeling about something, right? Because you were you were starting to panic, no one was showing. Um, and then you you showed up for that one person and you gave a great class and then she shared with you. She because probably she was the only one there, she was willing to open up and share this amazing transformation. And so I think for anyone listening who's like struggling, I know a lot of people are coming off a summer slowdown right now. And you and I both are too. <laughs> Intentional mm-hmm. or not, you know, the summer is slow for people. So slow. Yeah. And then when you come back, it's just a it's such a reminder, like to go to your people and to do what you're meant to do and look for the impact that you're having. Just that one person. You know, and I will have people reach out to me who will text me or like when I took a podcast hiatus, I didn't announce it or anything, but I was getting DMs from people that I didn't even know listened to the podcast. Oh my gosh. You know, and so you just never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. And that's part of the, like the faith you have to have in your marketing that it's working because sooner or later, you're going to say something to that person who's been watching your account, you know, lurking behind the curtain or looky-loos or whatever you want to call them, but not engaged until the right words are said or until they find the confidence to take that next step. And you just never know like what is around that next post or that next comment or that next interaction. Um, And I think you have been so consistent, especially since we started working together, leaning on that, knowing like, Oh, because people are starting to tell you now they're opening yeah. up, they're engaging more. Um, so over the past five years, like how has your, I've seen your marketing change a lot, but can you share with us, or you don't have to go back five years, but you know, what do you think has changed the most in the way you show up and you market your business? I think one of the biggest shifts was I felt like things needed to be more polished um, for a long time. And so mm-hmm. I dropped that. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, work on them or try, but I think um, I, that same kind of mentality of like letting myself off the hook, people are looking for the human side. So it doesn't always have to look perfectly polished. Um, I have started showing up me and my face a lot more. Um, I think I've always done that to some degree, but I think to really, mm-hmm show behind the scenes. And, um, I think I really stepped into like, I I'm, I'm okay being the face like that's okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and stepping into that. And then, um, I don't know. I think the other thing is, and this goes back to, um, mentality, but when I didn't, when I couldn't figure out the pattern of my business, I was often finding myself in this panicked mode of like, oh no, the numbers are not where they should be. And so a lot of my social media was like, and marketing was around like, 
sell, 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 because I was panicked Mm -hmm. and I was desperate. And so in taking my, taking the pressure off of that, because I actually see how my business works now, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm able to connect more freely without that panic, um, desperate selling (laughs) mentality. That's a huge shift in the way you show up and the way you interact with your clientele, because if you can use social media for what it's used for, which is deepening the connection. And then when you have something to sell, you got the audience because you've been working on cultivating those relationships and that connection with them. And then you can use it to sell as well or get them off the platform to sell. Um, And I think you've just like something clicked, you know, like, and maybe in, in part, you know, everything you've said, but also the third strategy and realizing when to push it and when to pull back. Um, We're having some internet issues, but I think it's going to be okay. I think we'll be fine. Um, Okay. So, but anyway, so just watching you navigate that has been so cool because I can see when you're in an active selling mode, but then this summer you were still consistent, but there was not a whole lot of selling happening, right? Like you were just kind of hanging out, like connecting, experimenting, talking to your audience. And that's what builds the community. So you're building your community online through the way you're engaging with your audience, but then you're also building and cultivating community offline through your presence in our local community, but also through the impact that you're having with the services that you offer. And I think those two things fuel each other. um, And then that's when you really start to see the results. And you're in a phase now where you are like really creating the business that you want and that you wanted to have um, instead of the business kind of running you a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking too, like you mentioned comparison earlier too. And I Mm -hmm. think for me, when I started my business, what I do is just, it's different than a lot of things. (laughs) So there's not like a clear model. There's like pieces that I do of lots of things. And so for better or worse, I didn't have someone that I was like, oh, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But what has happened and what naturally happens is when I think, oh, that yoga studio is sharing this and maybe I need to do that for the yoga part or this Mm -hmm. um, office that does mental wellness stuff is doing this. And so I should model or, or do something like them. And I think um, I feel like it's natural to like look around and mm-hmm. see what other people are doing. But like you said, just kind of coming back to who I am and what I'm doing here and not being afraid to just lean into what what I'm doing and let other people mm-hmm. do what they're doing, um, I think has really helped too. It's brought it's brought some focus and some continuity in the content versus like right. always like, oh, well, they did that and they did that, and maybe I should do this. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It it's hard not to look around the space and like take on, oh, you know, maybe I should be doing this if this is working for that person. But to be able to ground yourself, and I had another podcast recording this week and we were talking about the same thing of like really, you know, entrepreneurship and small business ownership is one of the the biggest like self-reflection exercises and journeys you'll ever go on. Yeah. Right. Because all of your insecurities will come up. And um, so one of the most impactful things you can do for yourself as a business owner is to take time to support yourself and to ground yourself. And for some people, this is a daily practice for some people. You know, it, it looks different for everyone. Uh, but do you have any daily practices or reg- I'll say regular, not daily, but regular practices to ground yourself and get yourself in the right mindset? Yeah, great question. Um, Yeah. And it's I think for a long time in my life, I felt like they needed to be like very 
fancy or full or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. And then I realized, what do I tell everybody? Simple is better. Like just simple yeah. is is more likely to be consistent. So my simple practice that I do on a regular basis is um, when I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, I uh, if it's warm out, I go out on the porch. If not, I find a quiet spot away from kids, away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And drink my coffee. I reflect. I just ask myself, like, how am I feeling? What do I need today? Um, Just two really simple. So sometimes it's like bulleted journals. Sometimes like yesterday, I was very prolific. I had a lot to say. (laughs) Um, Yes. But just that act of checking in with myself in the morning, what's going on? How do you feel uh, is enough then to keep me caring for myself the rest of the day? Like if I know I'm starting the day and I'm already exhausted and I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling anxious, then I know to go a little easier for the rest of the day and give myself mm-hmm. a little extra space. And um, that honestly, some mornings it's five minutes, some mornings I get 20, which feels exciting. Um, yeah. But just that little check-in has been huge. I think that makes all the difference in the way you show up and the way, you know, and I know when you have kids and our morning routine, someone asked me this, I was a guest on a podcast and she was asking me what my morning routine is. I'm like, well, it's not sexy. We get up and (laughs) we feed the animals. We walk the dog, you know, we get everyone else fed. It's like, it is a full on sprint till we get everyone out the door for work. And so my morning, my personal routine usually starts once everyone has been like fed, walked, left for school and work, you know, and then I get 20 minutes and I sometimes just sit there. Sometimes I catch up on voice notes from friends. Sometimes I, you know, like it's just my 20 minutes with my coffee to sometimes I meditate like I did today. So it just depends. Um, And then I try to get some movement in. So it just depends on what time meetings start and how much time I have, but I try to get a, a good workout in and that makes all the difference in my day like having that just moment of quiet time and then the movement for myself computer okay we're back (laughs) amy and i went on a little (laughs) journey there with the tech but um okay so we we were talking about the importance of finding time to ground yourself and to like reconnect with yourself and why that's so important to business because you need to connect with yourself, connect with your intuition, make that space for quiet time, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes um, to start to feel more grounded, more confident in your business itself. Right? Like I think we got to that place from like compare and despair. How do you not Mm -hmm. do that? Um, So is there anything else you wanted to share on that topic? You know, I think that, um, one thing I talk to a lot of small business people about is the fact that it's really easy to get like wrapped up into your business mm-hmm. and which is like kind of natural because we're like usually doing stuff that we absolutely love. Like we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't. Um, but I think the self-care piece is so important because it helps remind you that you are your own self even separate mm-hmm. from the business mm-hmm. and being grounded in that is so helpful <laughs> <laughs> because it does make right like it makes looking at the numbers easier it yeah. makes failures easier it makes um it's really helpful to like step back and say oh i need this this week or i actually need a break because i haven't seen my kids or whatever it might be so to check in with yourself as a human being <laughs> mm-hmm. um and and separate as a separate entity from your business can be really really helpful 
Yeah, I love that. And I love the the fact that you put it into a daily practice. And I think so many people, like it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day to-dos of the business. Like there are always so many things to do and to keep up with that it can feel like meditation or a walk outside or five minutes alone and quiet is not pressing, right? It's not urgent. Mm-hmm. It's certainly... Um, you could say, I guess, would not be like an income generating activity, right? Right. <laughs> but I think prioritizing that and starting your day with that, even if it's just a quick, like if you're in the workshop or you're sitting down at your desk, like if I don't have time, um, usually I'll just light an incense or light, you know, kind of set the mood for myself, just even if it's a minute before a call. Um, and I think that's important because it really does set you up for the rest of your day. And that, yep. so you could argue it is income generating because, you know, the way you approach your business, the mindset you have going into the day really determines the way you show up in those income generating activities Totally, and the way you connect with your audience. So um, I think we've covered so much today and then we had our little <laughs> tech journey. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up, is there anything else? And I want you to tell everyone how they can get connected with you. But before that, is there anything else you want to leave with our audience today, knowing that they are probably working in their business mostly alone, you know, um, and working to create and grow their businesses? Yeah, I think one thing I just always love to share with business people is like, you're doing better than you think you are. I think we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And so, um, to, yeah, you're doing a great job. Just keep going. Just keep going. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Is there something else? I think, um, yeah, that's, that's I would just add on to that, you know, like allow yourself to be surprised. I think so often we try to predict and control every outcome. And then because of that, we're so hard on ourselves. Um, But if you can kind of loosely hold on to those things and like so much of what we talked about is objectively like taking a step back, removing yourself from the equation, not taking it personally. If the more you can do those things, I think the more you allow room for opportunity and for growth in ways that you never even imagined. And so- Absolutely. Be so powerful to um, one, acknowledge like how far you've come. You're doing such a great job. Oftentimes the numbers surprise us. Like how many times have you texted me? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, oh, actually this month was a lot better than I, (laughs) like, I feel like it's bad. Everything is not going to plan. And then you look at the numbers and you go, oh, never mind. We're fine. It's fine. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So Make room for the surprises. Let yourself be surprised and just keep going. I I agree with you 100%. So thank you so much for being here today. How can people stay in touch with you? And what do you have coming up? I know September kicks off a huge um, month for you. Yes. Yeah. So ramping up lots of uh, yoga classes, new yoga offerings. Um, I have my fall refresh retreat uh, going on September 9th and um, just lots of really fun things around the corner here. Uh, you can stay up to date at theperchplace.com. You can follow me on social media at The Perch Place and uh, find out all about our stuff there. Great. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. Thank you. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode. 
If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.